Welcome to week three, in which we will explore the 100 Acre Wood and just why Winnie the Pooh, bear of little brain, is still one of the best loved bears of all. I cannot quite bring myself to say he is definitively the best bear in the world, although I know Christopher Robin believes so. Personally speaking, I think Pooh is just pipped to the post by Paddington. There might also be some ranting to follow about the Disney version of Winnie the Pooh. Our first home in Washington was in an apartment complex called Wildwood, which I think was in Arlington, technically in Virginia. I have looked at the website for Wildwood Park and Wildwood Towers, which currently exist, and of course the buildings are refreshed, renovated, and utterly unrecognisable from the image I carry from 56 years ago. We had a ground floor apartment, two bedroom with a little patio with full length sliding glass doors, parquet floors, and a kitchen with dark wood cabinets and a huge fridge. There was a pool where I learnt to swim, very happy to splash up and down in my giraffe-shaped inflatable ring. My room overlooked a rolling slope of bright green lawn. I had a tricycle, a stuffed whale, Moshley, Oofy the plush green alligator, Robert the chimpanzee with long lustrous fur and a little red brush, and purchased with stamps from Giant or Safeways, I'm not sure which, Selly Pelly, a white elephant with pink checks. It was here that my mother began reading Winnie the Pooh and the House at Pooh Corner to me. She was brilliant at the voices, especially Pooh and Piglet. Many, many years later, in fact, the year my first child was born, an absolutely wonderful dramatised version came out with Stephen Fry as Pooh, Jane Horrocks as Piglet, along with Geoffrey Palmer as Eeyore, with narrative Kanga and Owl, played respectively by Judy Dench and her brilliant, now late husband, Michael Williams, with even their daughter, Finty, doing the honours as Rue. They were nearly as good as my mother. There is so much to love about the books, the characters. Listening to the dramatisation, I am charmed utterly by how clever the books are. There is the personification that intensifies the delights of snow and spring and the sinister corners of the Hundred Acre Wood and the rich and wonderful vocabulary with no sign of condescension to younger readers and listeners. And of course, the so very human qualities of Christopher Robin's friends. There is a wonderful logic to the world that Milne builds for the 100 Acre Wood and its inhabitants. Whether impersonating a small black cloud, tracking woozles, or possibly whizzles, or realising that he has eaten all the honey that should have been used to bait the heffalump trap, Pooh is gently, perpetually brought face to face with his own follies. Piglet must continually confront his own cowardly inclinations. Then there is Eeyore's passive-aggressive woe when initially no one remembers his birthday, Owl's oblivious pomposity, Kanga's distracted maternal bustling and Tigger's indefatigable enthusiasm.
They make plans. They reason things out. They undertake expeditions. And whatever happens, sooner or later, they help each other. They try as best they can to look after each other until their next adventure. They are individuals that all of us might encounter and somehow their flaws, their foibles and their misadventures diffuse the danger implicit in the archetypes. We meet them daily in shops, on streets, at our workplaces, in England, Scotland, Wales and Ireland and everywhere. For Pooh, from the moment he first appeared in October 1926, was a bestseller and now over 50 million copies have been sold worldwide. And the first collection of Pooh stories published in 1926 has been translated into 75 languages. I have known Eeyores and Tiggers and Kangas in every walk of life from energy economics to the staff rooms of state and independent schools. Then there is the slapstick. I defy anyone to read or hear the Pooh stories without laughing at the ridiculous antics. Pooh stuck in Rabbit's front door until he has slimmed down sufficiently to be yanked out by Christopher Robin and all Rabbit's friends and relations. Pooh's inability to allow a pot of honey to go untested, the theft of Eeyore's tail by owl, the ridiculous business of hunting bees by balloon, but there is also the self-awareness. The gradual moments of dawning, when Pooh realises quite how silly he has been, when it sinks in that the tracks he was following were not those of Woozles, but his own, or when Piglet squirms with guilt, having burst the balloon he intended to give to Eeyore. There have been other writers who have explored the universality of Pooh in much more detail. Alison Lurie's essay in Don't Tell the Grown-Ups, Frederick Cruz's parody literary critical essays in The Pooh Perplex, exploring Marxist, Freudian and Aristotelian readings of the books. And then... There is the Disney disaster. It still baffles me entirely how or why anyone can find this a viable adaptation. The first film came out in 1966, but the classic film, as some people call it, came out in 1977. There is no way it could have been a winner. First, there is the dreadful music. And then the American accents and somehow a terrible evisceration of all the wit and irony of the original, replaced with schmaltz and excess sentimentality. When I pass a Disney store and see the glumping red t-shirted Disney facsimiles of Pooh, I wince. Of course, at 13, I was far too old even to set foot in a cinema to see it when it came out, but when you have children and a video player, the exposure is inevitable. What grieves me is that one of Disney's most sublime voice actors, Sterling Holloway, was hideously miscast as Pooh. For me, Holloway is eternally, wonderfully, both Rockfort the Mouse in The Aristocats and then a blissfully sinister car in The Jungle Book. But Pooh, no. I know, it is inconsistent in the extreme to accept Disney's adaptation of The Jungle Book while rejecting utterly the Winnie the Pooh movie, but it simply doesn't compare. First of all, The Jungle Book songs themselves are brilliant. 
the parodies and jokes are subtle and amusing, and second, the quality of the animation is far truer to the dangerous nature of the source material. Sher Khan is still terrifying, Mowgli's flirtation with King Louis just a bit unnerving, and Carl's seduction both funny and frightening. It is high-stakes stuff, and when Mowgli is torn between the world of men and the world of his dear friends, Bagheera and Baloo, it is still poignant. Where the animated Jungle Book is a classic, Winnie the Pooh is a travesty, and one with dreadful consequences, for Disney continues to hold copyright over images and visual presentations of the bear, as in the red t-shirt they slung on him, and the without hyphens version of his name. A quick look at the Disney Channel demonstrates the dire outcome with a plethora of piglet and tigger tales without any real connection to Milne's stories, each one more crass than the last. Trust me, I tried watching a couple, but soon the appeal of sticking bamboo skewers in my eyeballs began to increase the more I saw. However, copyright on the original story has expired, opening the way for new visual adaptations. Alas, the first big film appears to be a blood-and-guts interpretation of the characters as crazed feral killers in Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, due out imminently. It says more about our world than Pooh's, that the first post-copyright adaptation is a full-on teenagers trapped in a dodgy country retreat horror flick. I doubt very much that there can be a truly reliable film or TV version of the books. The only possibility would be to take Ernest Shepherd's lovely illustrations and animate them accompanied by that joyous, exquisite dramatisation with Fry, Dench and their friends and family. That is probably at once too simple, straightforward and too complicated legally to achieve. In the meantime, it is surely much better simply to read and reread the originals. Mostly when it comes to adaptations, the original book is definitely the best, a theme I suspect I will be returning to in future episodes. In the meantime, have a great week and join me next Saturday for a look at the only picture book on my list. We'll be spending some time with Max, the night he put on his wolf suit. Thank you very much. See you next week. Or hear you next week.